turn it on and chat yeah you want to just turn it on and chat <laughs> we had the first wra rodeo up here in teepee creek last weekend and shelby won it by a couple of tents yes and uh uh, yeah, I just don't think there's any better testament to hard work pays off than that. Yeah, she and is definitely working hard for she that. She is. Yep. She's killing it. Her and Ginger are so cool. But so are you, too. Like, you go out fourth. Yes. Yes. So yep. you got some Gua points. Fourth. You got Gua it. Gua Gua it. <laughs> Guacamole. But no, you got fourth place. So both you and Shelby got some WRA points to start off the season. So that's really, really cool. Yeah. Okay. Now I feel like a, a goofball too, because I feel like when I did go back in 2019, it was like based on points going to the finals and stuff. But um, I don't know now if it's like money one or if it's points. So somebody should inform oh. me on that because I tried to look <laughs> on the website and I still couldn't understand. You'll figure it out. So yeah. But yeah. No, thanks guys. It was awesome. Yeah. How we did it feel? It felt great, but like yeah. honestly, my like <laughs> my barrels like <laughs> I always I, people give me like shit for you know not just being like oh thanks it was great like I kind of pick apart my runs, but it's not because I don't think that they're good. I'm just like okay, well that's what I'm gonna do different next time. But you know I sent it, but I feel like I always have a hard time. It's like finding that fine line between like sending it and like getting just being correct right yeah yeah but when i get to the rodeo i'm like no full send whatever hopefully our oh my gosh i'm the same way (laughs) (laughs) so like our barrels were a little wide and it was like not you know not our prettiest run but we sent it so she was still just like covering ground even with you know yeah but like she went long on all the barrels and still clocked really well yeah yeah Yeah. it was a tight race that was that full send part so we we went full send and it was yeah it worked out it was good yeah she was listening and you were going and keep doing it you guys both cried in the parking lot so that's perfect really okay i was like so i was in the slack and um and then we were watching I, we went to town, ran around for parts, and then came back to watch Shelby in the performance. And um, there was a, quite a bit of a crowd for the performance, actually. And I was videoing up on the mezzanine. And um, That's after, a fancy word. On the a teepee. Like mezzanine. A mezzanine. What's that? How is that a, it's, like a, it's like a deck. An upper deck. Upper decker. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, when I heard Shelby's time, I was just like, her parents were there and like both of our hubbies. I was just like... I was just like, oh, shit. Shelby just won the rodeo. Like, 15-6. That's a goodness. fast time. And um, I just, like, turned around and started bawling. <laughs> and, like, Brendan and Sylvain were like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so they looked really confused. <laughs> Maybe even more sad. And then I go outside, <laughs> and Shelby's like, whoa, what just happened, man? And I was like, you just won the rodeo, dude. She's like, shut up, I won? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> And then we both just started crying again. Oh, so. and you're starting <laughs> to cry again. No, yeah. I'm not. I've got it together now. i got oh, it together. Yeah, no, that's I see a sparkle. And freaking stupid Shelby, she like texts me like when she gets there, she's like, man, I just saw Cole's dad and, and <laughs> her sister and like, I just blacked out. Like, I didn't even know where to enter. Like, so this girl like she shows so up. so nervous. Doesn't even know where to enter the rodeo in her hometown rodeo down here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. definitely killing it so that's so cool yep yep <laughs> i had a really weird day today you guys oh like i walk into the gas station and this guy's like hey and i say good and then i just keep walking <laughs> and then i like call my dad and he's like your mom's at yoga and i'm like and i said what is she doing there and like just just a day just a day <laughs> just a space oh. cadet yeah, all the time <laughs> so uh what's what's new in your guys's horsey world well, Corley's still with Vanessa. 
Mm, he's and doing great too, which so we, we've all seen on the, on the um, page. Yes, he looks so turny. He's like looking at his turn and like using cranking himself it. Through, so using yeah. himself through the good. turn. Yes, mm-hmm. he's feeling good. And like, I'm so happy. Vanessa rides him so well. And like the way she worded it to me is she's like, I don't care like what I do with him during the run. Like I don't care about my time as I don't care anything. I just, I want him to be responding to me. So when you get on him, you go and like have the time of your life. Nice. And so she's just creating such a solid foundation and like he goes in there and like walks in all four feet, like hunting that first barrel. And she said, that's one of the coolest things about him is like how he really looks for his barrels mm-hmm. and knows, even though he hasn't been to an arena that he's going barrel racing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just, that's true. Hey, that was yeah. his first time at Galloway, as you said. And he just went, yeah. that was, those was like his title barrels yet right yeah like every like <laughs> Vanessa doesn't know this and if she's listening she's gonna think I'm a loser but so I <laughs> have every single run and like every video she sent me like in an album from like the first to, like the last so I can like I watch them every day just oh. see, I'm such a loser you guys you're that crazy client <laughs> I don't I don't I swear I don't bombard her for but it's not in a bad way it's like yeah. wow look at how like amazing he's doing from like when he first started yeah. to like now and yeah. to be making money after just two and a half months and going down there like fat cool yeah and like what maybe I took him to 10 jackpots last year like mm-hmm. didn't yeah. go that hard crawled into the 2D for sure 2D in Pinoka his first time like entered there so I was really really excited about nice. that yeah he He's cool. I think, well, she's like, you're going to have so much fun on him. Like just a point and shoot kind of guy. And mm-hmm. now that she threw the tie down on him just because he needed, he was a horse that didn't want you to be in his face, but needs that extra balance mm-hmm. and didn't need you to remind him because he would just throw his nose out. But to have that where he kind of just finds his balance on his own, I feel like has really progressed him. Like now looking, <laughs> this is like part of my research. Um, <laughs> when he didn't have it on compared to when he did, like it's like, whoa, like he's like way more in and out of his turns now and like finding himself correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see that. And like when she told me to like the first run, she ran him with the tie down on. Um, he, she's like, he literally didn't need me to do anything. Like yeah. he just, I sat there and, went to where he was going so yeah i'm really excited to ride him next week okay so yeah next week you're going to you're gonna do some lessons and enter him in sprinkling yes yeah yeah i am freaking pumped it's gonna be like a dope ass week next week next week's my (laughs) birthday we're gonna go bowling and then i haven't told anyone yet but i think that's what i want to do is go bowling (laughs) hopefully everyone's down hopefully everyone's gonna show up um so yeah i'm gonna go bowling and then i'm gonna go straight down to um fort saskatchewan the next day um, and then I'm going to ride with Vanessa the Friday morning, head down to Pinoka. I enter the 2 p.m. draw for the barrels cool. or buckles, do a run and then go back and then Saturday do a run and then go house shopping, which will be fun. But I'm so excited, you guys. I got my new shirts in the mail. Do you say house shopping? Yeah. Well, for the like decorations. Oh, I was like, <laughs> are you moving? I'm moving. Surprise. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes I haven't more been sense. to HomeSense since we've gotten this house, so I'm oh, very excited. I love HomeSense. Yes. Which this house is looking awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's so homey in here. I mm-hmm. love it. Yes, mm-hmm. considering it was abandoned before. Yeah. Yep. Pretty surprised there's no ghosts, even though there's a guy who died here, but... Well, it wasn't in the house, though. It was in the shop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Reba won't go in that shop, though. Oh. Yeah. It's weird. Bizarre. Anyways, though, I am very, very excited to run him. I just keep 
visualizing like when I'm speeding to work going 140 because I'm thinking about running on the way home. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Been there, I done that. that. I feel yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at least you'll be there with me, though. Calm yeah. me down. Walk me off the ledge. Yep. I need to look at the sketches. Yeah. What about you? Uh, what about you, Stevie? What's new in the horse world over there? I've been taking a vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you were you went to the vet or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. D just got injected on Monday. Nice. I think. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, I haven't I haven't really ridden her in a week. Yep, time off. But then yeah. this weekend, maybe go to Jackpot. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I've, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to make the journey with Steph or maybe go to Teepee Creek or what I'm going to do. Well, worst case scenario is still going to Teepee Creek Sweet. Yeah. It's nice. And yeah. Yeah, it is. That'll be a good jackpot. Nice. Yeah. It's a perfect setup for jackpots. I love it. I know. Well, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's semi-close. Yeah. Semi-close. Yeah. The One roads are dry room. right yeah. now. Yeah. 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 Or who knows? Maybe I'll go over to Fairview and make some practice runs there. Yep. But yeah. yeah. And Fame is still with um, oh, yeah. Riley. Looking dope as yeah. if. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see him make some runs soon here. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's been going to local jackpots. Um, that run you sent us the other day was amazing. Cool. Yeah, yes. where was that one? Uh, that's an Elk Point, actually. Okay, yeah. I know that arena because I almost knocked myself out multiple oh, times no. on like because it's such the a bar. low roof. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, arena so much on Facebook. It's a, but I'm like, I've it's never a butthole clencher. Like that was one of the closest. Really? Yeah, it's a, one of the closest barrel races to me growing up. And yeah, that was a very tight arena to be in especially oh. if you had a horse with gait issues which yeah. i had because he was probably a bleeder but back then i didn't know it yeah um he if he reared up like you'd crank your head on oh that roof goodness. but as soon as you, you ride in like it's okay but yeah he like the way he moved around those barrels and stuff looked amazing yeah, yeah. and he's like got it yeah, yeah. he's like oh, I'm, he I'm barrel it. racing and i'm hunting the barrel and yeah. i'm yeah. running to the next one yeah. yeah yeah so yeah she's entered or i still have to enter her in um at Thorsby, which one is at Thorsby? That's, that's the one you're going to next weekend. No, Thorsby is April second. That's Cody Lum's jackpot. And then there's one at Galloway's as well. Oh yeah, that's yeah. April second and third, or first yeah. and second. And yeah, third. yeah. So both of those ones, I think. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Well, kind of speaking a little bit about back in the day, I just want to give a shout out to Wanda Austin. I know we talked um, a little bit about her in the podcast, but that's Jody Elliott's sister. And she is the one who not only got me into barrel racing, but has been such a huge um, agriculture person in our community to like get an arena built and like ha- like let us little 4-H girls go to her house and brush <laughs> her horse. And I like still remember going over there and learning from her and being introduced to barrel racing by her and she's just always been incredible and still messages me to this day about how my horses are doing and the runs I'm making and that's cool yeah I I have like and she's an influential lady in the horse industry too it sounds like yeah yeah she's incredible and I literally oh Pharaoh agrees (laughs) (laughs) Dally Jean Nadine's dogs have middle names. <laughs> yeah, they are engraved in their colors too. Dally Jean. Should we tell Dally's sad little story too? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Poor little Dal Dal. Anyways, but yeah, Wanda was a very influential person in my life and I still look up to her to this day. So it's really cool how this whole podcast went full circle. Yeah. But yeah, my poor little Dally Jean dog. 
she got her foot stuck in between two trees for we thought she ran away and she was just stuck in between two trees so she has been on the mend for like a month and a half now i want to say frostbite hey really bad like her skin melted off it was pretty nasty but long road but you've been committed committed with the honey and the silver yeah and she is coming back to life slowly but surely yeah yeah hopefully her leg makes a full recovery yeah i hope so she'll be good to go by summertime let's hope because <laughs> she got barrel races summer yeah hey dally jean dj what's dally hello pharaoh oh, hi you look like a little cabbage patch kid <laughs> pharaoh made an appearance what's- and we're clocking out oh, okay i actually want to touch on one more thing before we go out you guys are going to see, we are going to be extra styling this summer with our SK Equine mm. tack. Yes. I am so in love with it, my saddle pad. I haven't got to put it on Corley yet, but I am freaking pumped. You've been riding Ray in yours. Yes, I have. I do have the one inch. It's a little bit bigger. I am going to get my hands on one of the three quarter inch that we have in stock just because I do believe that I have a good saddle fit. Yes. So now that we have some in stock, I'm going to grab a three quarters as well. But yeah. Your loving. first run was the rodeo, wasn't it? Uh, the it. jackpot and TP. But yeah, she's, okay. she's been making oh, right, yeah. she's been making really good runs in it. Mm-hmm. She's been feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you feel knowing that with like the things that you've gone through with the past or <laughs> in her past, knowing that there's spine relief in the pad? Yeah, I love that. It's just the extra reassurance because mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though like she did have that kissing spine issue fixed, hopefully, you know, there's still like scar tissue there and you still just want to prevent anything else from happening or back soaring up whether they had that issue or not. So it's Mm -hmm. just really good to know that (laughs) Pharaoh wants to say a little piece. (laughs) It's just really good to know that the pressure is off her spine. Yes. And like the pads are high quality. You can can tell that they are sturdy and built to last Mm -hmm. and, and they actually... Are very supportive yeah i'm very excited i think our saddles are getting closer i think no. but yeah you guys the even the head stalls the over and unders <laughs> like shelby says she has no problem reaching down for her over and under she finds oh, it every single time um the saddles that we have here we have two left in canada they are beautiful and then yeah as long i'm i'm freaking pumped to get ours and to be all decked out oh my goodness one. and the- that neoprene i sat in it I went to Steph's house and I had to sit in it. It's again so for nice. Like five minutes. Yeah, I would just oh, they're so love it. And then very excited to get our fly boots and mm-hmm. bell boots. Um, the fly boots you can travel with them on those hot days. Put some ice in there and it'll keep your horse nice and cool. Those will be nice in the trailer. Yes, yep. definitely. And then when you get that. to where you're going and the ice melts, it keeps the flies away, which we have a lot of bugs yes. in the summertime. So. Yes. So be Dual sure purpose. to head to SK Equine Canada um, on Facebook or SK Equine on like the website and reach out to us with any questions. We're going to have promos every month. So it'll be really exciting. And um, yeah, we'll have a different yeah. like product every month yeah. that we'll kind of do a little promo on. Yes. And Shannon is so passionate, like not only about this business, but just horses and barrel racing in general. Yeah. Um, and it just like really shows through her work and like mm-hmm. our group chats that we have with her. Like she loves making videos and just she, sharing yeah. what she does down there too. Yes. We're going to be uh, all summer. We'll be having the SK equine products with us. So be sure to ask. We'll mm-hmm. have the demo saddles that you can ride in. Um, come and see us. We're going to have booths at the big jackpots coming up. So, definitely yeah and and we'll try to have some stuff like as much as we can in stock but also if there's something we don't have and you want a custom order um we can do that too we just kind of have to wait until we have a collection of stuff to order so yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And then our horses aren't going to be only looking good. They're also going to feel good with Mm -hmm. belly blend. Yes. And I actually just started. So um, I had Ray um, just doing a hindgut treatment prior. So it took me a little while to get on the belly blend. But now I actually have Ray and Val on the belly blend. I'm really excited to maintain Ray. Um, Just keep her on this as we start our rodeo season. And then Val is my three-year-old who she just came back from training, which can be, you know, a little bit of a stressful time. Mm-hmm. Plus, she just had an injury, and she's a little more cooped up in a smaller pen than she'd like to be, too. So I'm really happy to be supplementing both of those mm-hmm. mares with the belly blend and just see how they do here this next month. And nice I also have product. D on that as well. When I saw Jess, she said probably ulcers, so I've started her on that as well. Perfect. Yeah, well, we're Vanessa, excited to keep you guys yeah. updated. Vanessa yeah. feeds that to all of her horses, so Corley will be getting that too, and it keeps their coats nice and shiny, them feeling good, and them looking good. From the inside out. And for more information on the Belly Blend and other mixes that she's made that she's been working on for years and years and years and has perfected through time and education, check out Caliber Equine Naturals on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for always believing in the Horse Poor podcast. I feel like mm-hmm. she's always been messaging us and mm-hmm. being very active. Yes, she owns um, Undeniable Equine as well. Yes. So if you're in like the lower BC area, um, she does the swimming and therapies with horses. So definitely check out mm-hmm. Undeniable or Caliber Equine. And then, okay, our horses are going to be looking good and feeling good and blah, blah, blah. But what about us, you guys? <laughs> I feel like we got to look good. Hey, my booty's sore right now. Actually, <laughs> you're going to be feeling Feels good? good. Yeah. Well, do you think you're going to fit a Paige or Pursue oh. Victory shirt? Page 1912. Yeah, so oh my gosh, beautiful. Kay, I wanted that color blocking one today and I missed the. Oh my goodness. Did you get one? No. Yeah, I today. I was going to put it in my calendar. We should try. Are they sold out? I'm going to try and purchase one when I get back because mm-hmm. those were super cute. And I did order I did order a pullover too and I can't oh, really? wait to get that in. So yes. we'll have to do a little photo shoot of that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, big, big shout out to Paige. We just had her on our last podcast um, and definitely check out her shirts. There's so much historical reference um, and thought that goes behind every single custom made item they're beautiful they feel good and you bet we'll be wearing them this summer mm-hmm. yeah to fit yes yep um shut up Talk. i'm leaving that on there <laughs> <laughs> okay well we're not going to keep you any longer chatting with us because we have some very exciting guests for you today Jody Elliott has been a longtime sought-after trainer in the cow horse industry, and Justine Elliott is a three-time Canadian finals qualifier. Her horse has won horse with the most heart not once but twice, and she is now our defending 2021 Canadian barrel racing champion. How's it going? Good, you? Good. So are you guys still in Pinoka? Look home. Oh, look home, right. Nice. That's awesome. Um, you guys have like a pretty beautiful facility there from what I remember. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's um you know, quarter section, uh nice indoor arena, big big barn, so it's uh, everything kinda of works out pretty good for us. Yes. That's awesome. That's like what dreams are made of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so maybe Jody, let's start with you. How did you get into horses and riding and um, the unreal program that you have right now? Um, and then maybe a little bit on how you introduced Justine to horses and yeah, let's go from there. We want to hear it all. Well, I was pretty much born into the horse world. Uh, my dad was, he rodeoed, um, did wild rush shows back in the day and, uh, was a horse trader. So we had probably 80, 90 horses on our place all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in like, I think around, uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, we traded probably in the next 10 years close to 800 head of horses so oh my goodness okay i want to so, jump so, in and ask about the wild west shows um i want to know about that well he did him and a, a few people got together and traveled around alberta uh this was back in oh probably the 30s and 40s i guess um when rodeos were kind of just held when they parked cars in circles and <laughs> no way that's oh my so goodness cool. yeah yeah so and then he yeah they traveled around and did um you know, had all different kinds of events and the Wild West shows and, uh, yeah, just traveled around Alberta. So, and, and then it just kind of went from there. We, you know, with, when we we're trading horses, like we'd get some back that, um, you know, people wanted more time on or we're having trouble with. So we kind of just, I think I started training my first horse when I was 13 or 14 for the public. And we just kind of grew from there. And I've, um, yeah, I've been pretty much doing it ever since then. What generation would have you been um, going into horse training if your father also did it? And did your grandfather and then his great-grandfather? Or um, They did a little bit, but it was uh, mainly dad's uh, passion. Like, he just loved horses, and he was a teamster. Um, and, yeah, just loved you know, working with horses. That was his kind of main thing. He started off farming with horses, and then it just kind of went from there. Um, he was had a place in Elk Point. And then he bought a place in uh, West of Sundry, and they drove, I think there were 60 head of horses. Him and my two sisters and uh, a couple of aunts, they drove the horses from Elk Point to Sundry, um, just, yeah, right across Alberta. Yes. That was probably the early 1950s, something like that. Oh, that's really that's cool. cool. And I know your one yeah. sister is st is so proud of Justine, and I always see her sharing her stuff on Facebook. <laughs> I know I already talked with you guys about this in person, but um, uh, your sister, yeah, did introduce me into barrel racing after a 4-H clinic <laughs> in Rich Lake. <laughs> right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was super yeah. cool. It's full circle yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, a big, huge supporter. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember yeah. she was like talking to my dad and she's like, when that girl turned third barrel and she had the smile on her face and her English saddle and English head stall, I knew she was going to be a barrel racer. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's pretty passionate about horses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looks yeah. like they have quite the operation in Rich Lake right now. And I think she was kind of on the board too, getting an indoor arena there and like, it's up and running now and it's finished. It looks like a really nice facility and they're making mm -hmm. use of it. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, a few things like that, like that indoor arena and, and, you know, that just gets everybody on board and, and gives a place to ride because winters are pretty long in last year. Oh, so long. Yeah, we feel, so that, we feel that at way up here too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to melt though. It's yeah. it's on its oh, way yeah. out. Yeah, it was plus yeah. nine today. I was in my winter jacket and I was like, oh, I like overdressed today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then, Justine, we can probably only imagine that you were kind of also born into the, the horse business as well. Yeah. Um, the first time I ever sat on a horse, I was six months old. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Yeah. 
kind of, I've always loved them right from the get-go. I don't remember a time where I didn't want to be with them all the time. I'm sure many people listening can relate to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So did you do like the mutton busting and like the little peewee tail racing? I did mutton busting like two times. (laughs) Uh, I didn't like it, so I never did it again. (laughs) And then I did cattle penning for a while when I was younger and sorting and stuff like that. And then I started doing horse shows, so I showed English horses and uh, Western Pleasure and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the, we had Jim Can at those shows, and I definitely couldn't wait to get to the barrel racing when it came to that. Well, we <laughs> pulled up your statistics, and seeing that you were so young and kicking everyone's butt is just incredible. <laughs> um, so, Jody, once you first started riding, like, did you say, like, okay, this girl's going to be gifted? Like, we are so excited for her. Was our kind of like, when did you realize the superstar your daughter was going to be? Well, it, it was hard. To, well, I guess when I hooked up with Blondie was the, you know, when we really seen the potential. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Blondie was five when Justine started running her, and I think she was, Justine was probably 10, 9 or 10. And they just clicked right from, you know, basically right from the start. And uh, then you could just see things really start to come together. It was pretty cool because um, we actually bought Blondie for uh, my son to show us a cow horse. Okay. Yeah, he showed her the three-year-old, and then he kind of his interest went more towards the cross and a little less into the horses. So then we had to find another job for Blondie. Oh. And she, um, just be a natural girl. It's something she just loved to do. So that's yeah. where she ended. Up. I was gonna say, I think you found the perfect job for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, we still work cattle on her uh, occasionally, just for something else to do to get her fresh enough, and and she still likes working cattle too. And because yeah. she's a more cowbred mare, correct? Really strong, reigning and cowbred, yeah. Okay. And then the bottom side is old foundation breeding. Nice. So it's, it's a unique cross that you probably wouldn't go out and, and buy for a barrel horse, but, yeah. it, but it works. You know. So what is on our papers? I'm sure everyone is wanting to know that. <laughs> on the top side, she is um, goes back to Remnick. She's Remnick bred, and then Gray Starlight on the stud side. Nice. So Remnicks were really strong horses in California, and they had they were hot. They had a lot of speed, and then the Gray Starlights have really they they're just kind of handy horses. They're cutters, working cow horses, and uh, there's been actually quite a few barrel horses with Gray Starlight in the background to mm-hmm. kind of you know look through them a little bit. And then on the bottom side, she's uh, Two Eyed Jack and Blondie Stews. Kind of goes back to those two horses. Nice. Yeah, so a unique cross, and uh, I think just the old strong foundation breeding in her makes her as you know as strong and solid as she is. That she's been running all these years, and and just you know has never had a lame step or never had an issue. That yeah. is nice well, to have. She's <laughs> built like a tank too; like she's very very solid. Yeah. Yeah, she's a well built mare, and, and uses herself. She's pretty careful on how she uses herself. She doesn't get you know, strung out, and I, th- I think that kind of goes back to her cow horse training. We really, you know, we worked on cows, made her uh, stay straight up and, you know, hold her ground good. So when she runs the she does basically the same thing. The most important things on a cow horse is keeping the feet underneath, because when you're going down the fence, you know, Mach 9, if they happen to trip up, it causes a pretty nasty wreck. So yeah. We really want them, you know, knowing where those feet are at, and so we kind of do the same thing on our barrel horses, just 
make sure they know exactly where their feet are at so they don't run into ground issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to do that down the fence. It looked so cool. There was a documentary on Netflix about it, I think, a little while ago. Um, I, I never was, did watch that one. Yeah, I it, it was it. so cool. Hmm. And that's something I think I've always wanted to do. But yeah, that's pretty, pretty intense. High speed. Yeah. It'll get your heart racing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no <laughs> yeah. kidding. So do you guys do the that working cow horse stuff as well as um, cutting too? Yeah, we do, do a little bit of it now. Uh, we work cattle here pretty basically all summer we have a, a group of people that come over and work cattle and uh, we you know take a lot of our horses and we'll work them on cattle just for a freshen up and just again to teach them where to you know how to keep their feet underneath them so that we don't have to teach them that all the time they can start to figure it out on their own yeah mm-hmm. you know it lets them kind of think on their own and but we don't have to babysit them as much yeah um, so maybe like before we go into your program, cause I'm really excited to hear about that. And before we go into like the horses that you guys have, I want to hear how you guys pick out a winner. Like when mm-hmm. you guys go to a, into a field or look at prospects, what do you look for in a horse's disposition and maybe confirmation that you're like, okay, that that's going to be a winner. Uh, I think part of the biggest thing we look for is a horse that like it's smart, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and you kind of, when you work around, like we're, we work with probably 20, 25 horses, you know, consistently here all the, every month. And you pick up on the ones that have that little extra smartness, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. it's how they deal with things themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to show them stuff. They, they kind of figure it out. And even when they're in a stall or just out in a pasture, you can see the ones that have that little, little more brain to them. They don't do dumb things, you know, that some horses do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we all yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um, so that's what we really look for: horses that are thinkers and can and can figure things out. Just you know, if we're working them in a round pen, see how they react just in the round pen, um, and where they how they can handle their feet. That's a huge thing with us. Yeah, you know, they don't want them tripping, you know, hitting themselves at the front end. They've got to be real clean movers in the front end. Um, so do you guys uh, maybe like round pen them, especially if they're like super young and not started yet, just to kind of see how they move? Um, or yeah, like kind of what is your, if you're not raising them and you're just purchasing them, purchasing them off someone, what's kind of your go-to? We really look at, yeah, how they move and, and how they react to us when we're, we are working either just in a big pen outside or, or in a round pen and how they react to us. And, you know, if they're doing things because they're scared or doing things because they're looking forward to doing it. Okay. Yeah, and again, it's just how they their whole body moves. But basically, you know, if they've got some brains, mm-hmm. that's the big thing with us. <laughs> you know. And so once you get riding them, um, is there, like, what do you use for signs that it is going well and you think they are going to be good? Or if you think um, maybe they're going to be, like, still a nice horse, but maybe not winners, like, what do you go by for that once you start well, riding them we kind of gauge it day to day like if we show them something one day we see if they how much they retain for the next day we get on them yeah and okay. if we have to reteach every day then that horse is probably not what we want yeah you know, we want something that you know we teach them something one day and then the next day we teach them something else and then kind of fine-tune what we taught them the day before okay and we just see if the, you know at the end of the week we say okay this horse picked up this much it's probably going to be okay, you know, yeah. and if we go back and have to teach that horse every day before we can put, you know, like say five minutes of, of advancement on it, then we will just pass that horse by and 
and just either pass it on to somebody else, like sell it or, mm-hmm. or just not, it's not something that we want. Yeah. 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 And they have to have a way of moving, you know, fluid, um, mm-hmm. just everything, everything comes together, the front, the back end, everything's attached. You know, there's from the head right down to the hip, there's nothing missing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, this horse is nice except, but we don't want that. We want a horse that's nice right through. Yeah. Um, like that selling that we're running out across the fling, he was, we got him here as a yearling right from the sale, uh, Fulton sale. And, uh, when we round 10 him, it was just amazing. Yeah. Like he was so in that round 10 and everything he did was effortless, you know, and, and he thought right off the, you know, the first day of working in the round 10, he was a thinker. Yeah. And everything he did was just fluid. And, you know, he runs like that now. It's, we just kind of show him where to go and, and he just puts their, you know, the effort into it without an issue. Yeah, he is gorgeous. Like yeah. his <laughs> rule when you see his him. His moves are, are very cool. Yeah, he's a nice horse. And, you know, Blondie was the same way when we started her. We had to kind of slow her down sometimes because she, you know, was way ahead of us at times, just the way she did things. So we had to kind of slow down and, and just get her back in check because she was a thinker and, and was more willing to, to do whatever we asked her. Overachiever, yeah, we like those. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm doing it. and same thing. Like her movements were just fast and fluid. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you get these prospects, what um, maybe let's hear about what you have in your field that have made the cut and that you guys are really excited about that are up and coming. We've got well, we've got a few up and comers uh, by Frosty Fling. Cool. Uh, hmm. We're starting a two-year-old now that's just so simple to start. Just um, wants to please you, you know, and, and no issues, like doesn't have a bad day, just every day is a good day and he's happy to work with you. And then we've got um, a three-year-old uh, by the uh, lethal and first, and he's one of our customers. He's the, the same guy that owns Frosty Playing owns the lethal and first, and we've got a three-year-old and a four-year-old by him, one out of a running bread mare, one out of a cowhorse bread mare. And they're just the same thing. They're smart. They're easy to work with. And they, you know, they show up every day to do a job. Mm-hmm. And so I've got those coming up. Then we've got a four-year-old a Royal, by Royal Cartel, which is um, super, super nice horse, too. And same thing, moves around nice and smart and easy to work with. So we've got, um, you know, some really nice projects coming up and, and hopefuls that are showing us good things. Nice. Sounds exciting. Yes. I'm excited to see you guys excel with them. That lethal yeah, first we're... too, he's got some, some very cool um, running lines as well, like First Moon Flash, right? First Moon Flash is the same horse as that um, when Johnson is running right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Both. They're both First Moon Flashes. So, um, and watch no source men. We're pretty excited with ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. when I like thinking about Wenda Johnson, like I feel like, like they also have like a family tie as well because her sister, um, Wylene, she is like a cult starter, like famous cult starter. She was on Road to the Horse. She oh, really? like does unbelievable stuff with like horses and then her sister barrel races. So like kind of like a family business like you guys too. Yeah, <laughs> I think they call her Extreme, Wy- Extreme Wylene or something. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 They're, they're both pretty handy uh, and they're great horses. They're, you know, those two both look, look to their horses first. You know, mm-hmm. that's their, their most important thing is their horse. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of the, what we look for, too, is, you know, we'll we'll pass some things by events just 
you know, if it's not suitable for the horse, we won't go to it. Just, just for the sake of going to it. So So, other than like a frosty fling and blondie, who we'll definitely get more into, um, do you guys, are you running and competing on some other horses right now as well of your own, or is it mostly client horses that are keeping you busy? Um, Most of the horses we're running right now are going to be our own. We've got a a few just coming up now that we're starting to get out on. Um, But yeah, we have a few client horses, but we focus mostly on our own horses. Hmm, Nice. Nice. I, yeah. I wanted to and, talk about client horses because, like, yo, that Arabian you guys have that's for sale is so cool. <laughs> like, when I was yeah. I was looking at the videos and I'm like, okay, I actually got to watch this because usually I'm just scrolling through Facebook. But I was like, an Arabian <laughs> with, like, a rating foundation? Like, I want to see this because, like, my, my cousin, he used to raise Arabians and he's gotten drunk down the highway by them and whatnot. But <laughs> anyways, so I was like, I want to watch this. And that horse is so cool. I never did watch You got to watch it. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. It, and actually, we started that mare on barrel style, too. So she'll be coming out here pretty soon. Wow. Yeah, she is cool. cool. I like her. Yeah. She's got a lot of heart, a lot of try. And, and for a half Arab, she's very athletic. And then, sorry, I think I cut you off a little bit there. <laughs> but you said that you um, mostly are going to be doing your guys' own horses and just a few client horses. Yeah. We're going to, you know, the client horse that we take out are going to be ones that we re- really want to get out on. You know, we're going to be pretty fussy. Um, we just don't want to go to a jackpot just a jackpot. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we really, really want to, you know, focus on horses that are going to do something and that are fun to run, right? Yeah. You know, and and, and we, you've got to enjoy what you do. Yeah, and for some sure. Horses, you know, just don't don't have it. And it's, it's kind of frustrating to take them out and try to make them into something they're not. So we're really focused on horses that... Um, have big potential and we've we've sold a lot of horses to spring for our clients that are two and three year olds um that have gone on to you know they'll go on to careers as barrel horses rope horses and such and we've sold some cattle cannon horses and uh some kind of all-around ranch versatility horses cool i have a question i don't know if this is a controversial question or not but just going back to um like and riding the good ones and stuff like that you don't really want to be on the ones that maybe aren't when it comes to clients like you're you're established now you've been doing it a while have you figured out a way to like easily tread around that if maybe a horse um like you know you're not getting along with it or you don't feel like it is worth it like how do you tackle that um with a client like i don't really know the question i'm trying to ask but like (laughs) the the conversation we're going along with it (laughs) yeah i know what you're trying to say um well, yeah, we've had some people phone it and we'll just tell you know this, it's not worth our time to to mess with the horse because they probably won't be happy and we won't enjoy mm-hmm. working with it. Yeah. We try to send those ones home and then we'll give the horses a chance here. Um, if they're not going to make it, then you know we just talk to the clients and say you know maybe it's better suited for something else or yeah you know go find a better horse. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we really try to tell people is. is that everything is so expensive nowadays with feed mm-hmm. and travel and uh, fuel. Is, yeah, um, yeah. the same amount of money to feed a bad horse that does a good horse. Yeah, so, exactly. And I mean, know, people probably appreciate it more if you're honest with them mm-hmm. instead well, of... Well, some of them, you know, if it's something they've raised or, you know, that they sometimes don't take it really well, but, you know, down the road, they, they'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, yeah, for everybody's sake, just be kind of upfront and say, this probably horse isn't going to be what you want to be yourself suitable for the two dispositions, the person and the horse. Yeah. 
And how would you, like, I feel like some trainers getting into the business sometimes feel that in order to get established, you kind of have to take on anything. Um, what would be like some pieces of advice that you would give that person? Like, is, is that the case? Do you have to, do you have to grind it out for a while or, or how do you establish those boundaries? It's kind of like a horseshoe. You know, you, you kind of, you know, start at the bottom and uh, take what some other trainers won't take. You know, yeah. and I mean, when growing up with dad, I mean, we had to ride everything. So yeah. um, I learned to way around a tough horse pretty fast. And so that kind of changed, you know, my way of looking at things. Because we dealt with a lot of really spoiled horses, um, you know, five-year-olds, six-year-olds that weren't broke. And um, so, you know, when I got into training, we dealt with every kind of horse, you know, imaginable just about. Yeah. But uh, for young guys starting out, a young person, not necessarily a guy, um, is to go work with a trainer, a reputable trainer somewhere, and put in the time. Like, even if you have to work for free for a while, just go learn from them because they've already been there and done it and made the mistakes and learned from those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, yeah, learn from a, a good trainer and, and put the time in. And, it, you know, you may be out riding until 9, 10 o'clock at night sometimes, and and you may only have a few horses in the barn, but, you know, spend the time on the ones you do have so you can learn everything you can out of, uh, off those horses. Um, so speaking of learning from a good trainer, is there anyone that you based your fundamentals on or someone that you really looked up to that created the program that you guys have today? Um, well, my dad was a big influence uh, just because he, you know, dealt with a lot of, back in, in the, when he was growing up, they didn't have a lot of registered horses, so they dealt with a lot of tough horses and, um, you know, he showed me kind of how to deal with horses that that need a little different way of handling them, a little, you know, careful and not so you didn't get hurt. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, we, we grew up, um, I had brothers, we all rode broths, we all rodeoed. So we kind of had, we weren't real afraid of horses at bus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we kept a string of horses separate that were bucking horses that we practiced on all the time. So we kind of grew up with, you know, if a horse bucked, that was okay. You know, but mm-hmm. nowadays we try to avoid horses that buck we can. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I spent a lot of time with Guy Hines. I worked for him for a couple uh, winters. He really helped me out a lot. And then just going to horse shows and talking to trainers, you know, like John Swales, uh, Brad Peterson, guys like that. Just you know, asking, not be afraid to go up and ask them. You know, what if I was showing a cow horse, what I needed to do to, do to get better? You know, yeah, and be open minded. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to, to take advice. Don't let, and don't have, uh, worry about getting your feelings hurt. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah. Just, if they got something to say, you know, listen and, uh, take it back home and try it out. Those are awesome pieces mm-hmm. of advice. So do you guys have, um, some futurity horses coming up this year that you're running? Uh, not this year. No. No. Uh, this year with rodeos coming back, we're going to really focus on getting to a lot of rodeos this year. Okay. Justine, are you defending your title? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm excited to hear about the rodeo season. Yes. But I still want to go backpedal a little bit and I <laughs> want it. I want to hear like maybe some really good drills that you guys do or st- like what the the outline is of your training program to create such successful performance horses. Um, we're, well, we're not really big on drills. Okay. Um, we kind of like to keep it pretty uh, fresh for horses hmm. um but we like a lot of body control so we spend a lot of time on that you know and okay. uh, again just moving their feet around and whether that involves 
talking to roping dummy around, um, working cattle with. Um, working poles is good too. Like pole, poles? Pole bending? Yeah, yeah, yeah pole bending. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think Ken McNabb said this, like, don't ask me why I have all these horse trainer quotes pulled out of my butt. But, uh, if he says, if you can control the horse's feet, you can control the horse's mind. So that's really cool to hear you guys say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you got to, like, if you can get their feet where they, then the horse has confidence in you, right? Cause you're not putting them into a, a situation that they're, they can't get out of, mm-hmm. so yes. without, you know, and the horse's feet, I mean, that's how they get away from you, right? Yeah. with their feet so, yeah yeah uh, oh they get they're a prey animal so that's how they get away from the predators is by their moving their feet so mm-hmm. if you can show them how to move their feet to where that you know they feel comfortable then they really trust you a lot more yeah yeah that is very true um so if you guys like so how do you start introducing the pattern then um if you guys aren't big on drills like do you just start doing the pattern and that's all you guys do and then go to jackpots or kind of like give us a little rundown on that uh, we usually just, I like to just set up one barrel and then just get them used to going wide and tightening up around it. Just at a nice trot and then going both ways just so they know where they're going and where, when I'm asking, when I'm picking up my hands and using my feet, they know where to go. And then once I feel like they're confident enough just going around that one barrel, then I'll take them around the pattern. Um, and then I like to set them down. Uh, when I'm just starting them out, I like to set them down at their barrel so they learn to rate and use their back ends a little bit more. Okay. And then once they feel confident with that, then I start to add a little more speed. Cool. I want to put them in a situation where I'm showing them what to do all the time. I like them to go onto the pattern kind of having an idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Just by working them on that one barrel, they kind of know what they're working towards. Yeah, kind of gets them to hunt for a barrel too, hey? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Depends on the horse. You gotta learn the horse. Yeah. Okay. So fit. you have to fit their style. You can't change them. Mm-hmm. So a horse that is more rady, like you said, you like to when you're practicing around that barrel, you like to shut them down at first. Do you still do that on a horse that would be more rady? If I'm on a horse that's a little more rady, I like to over-exaggerate my turns a little bit to make them go a little bit wider okay. and make them take that extra stride out. So then when they do, when I am asking for speed, they'll know that they need to take that little extra step so they don't shut down on me. Adjust it a little bit to the horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, do you guys have any more training questions? Because I'm really excited to hear more about Blondie. <laughs> I am. So I just want to like go quickly into like maybe like tack and stuff. So let's talk about some bits that you might run a horse that is getting maybe a little too rady compared to a horse that is a more of a free runner. Like we get a lot of questions about bits. So maybe let's hear what's in your bit area of the tack room. Um, well, we we really stick to a very <laughs> our bit selection is pretty like the ones we run in is pretty small. We run in a lifter, like posy lifter bits mostly. Okay. Um, and if a horse is ready or not ready, I mean, basically we try not to use our hands too much and try to get them on our body more than anything. And, and if they're ready, we'll just chase them up to the barrels a bit more and not worry about, you know, what's in their, what's in their face so much. It's not really important to us. Like, um, if the horse is comfortable in whatever bit we have, 
um, we'll just run them in that. But, um, you know, we, we try not to get them so we have to pull on them much. Yeah. And we like them just to kind of feel our body and, and rate down with us when we, or go faster with us. You know, we'll sit mm-hmm. up and, and ask for a little bit more. If they're a little too fast, then we'll just sit down a little harder. Well, when the game is so, like, dependent on, like, milliseconds, the less you want to be in their face, the faster you're going to be, right? Like, there's not, less hesitation, and you just can sit there and go. It's more fluid. Yeah. Yeah. We like to, yeah, just chase them more, you know, on the, on our seat and our body and not worry quite so much about the, the bits. Our, like I said, the bit selection that we, we train in, um, we have quite a few to select from, but uh, when we run them, we run them in maybe one or two different bridles, and that's about it. Yeah. I feel like my kind of theory is, you know, if you have a really broke horse and really broke barrel horse, you you should pretty much be able to put any bit in their mouth and go make a run. Some barrel racers yep. might fight you over that comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's lots of different opinions on bits for sure. But, you know, our, our whole whole program is based on just keep it simple. You know, yeah. and um, simple as, you know, you know, we don't run a lot of horses in tie downs if we have one gelding here that he likes to tie down just because it kind of gives him something to brace on a little bit. And then mm-hmm. he kind of gets under himself a bit, but, um, you know, other than that, we, yeah, it's very, very simple. So what bit do you run Blondie in? Uh, she is in a long chain posy. Okay, cool. I'm sure there'll be lots of people researching that after this podcast. <laughs> okay. One more question. Sorry. I'm sorry. Lots of questions. There's two people on the podcast. We can pick both their brains. So what's a very common problem you see in barrel horses that do come through your guys' program and then maybe just like a way that you guys either fix that or help the horse understand better? Uh, one thing I've noticed is a lot of horses depend on us to show them what to do. Mm-hmm. Instead of them knowing where to go, they're very dependent on us showing them where to go. And do you think them knowing where to go, is that just you know, enough time and repetition? That's just you letting them do their thing until they learn how to figure it out themselves. Like, if they say they're not the best with keeping their feet under them, um, at a, like, just at a trot, then you're not going to beat them up. So yeah. you want to make that they're comfortable. So if you have to go back to the basics with them, then you go back to the basics. You don't just keep pushing from where they're at. Mm-hmm. probably one of the big things that I find too is, is horses shouldering in that's mm-hmm. yep. probably one of the the biggest issues and that's just because you know not probably goes back to showing where the feet are at the horse gets a little scared and, and rushes the barrel and then he starts leaning yeah. and then they lose again too so their hips aren't in the right place yeah yes that hip control is so huge yeah yeah, yeah. And so, so, yeah, what is what is your guys's fix or um, homework during the week and stuff to uh, fix that or help help fix that on the pattern? Um, well, if they're shouldering in, it, we'll try to push their hip up into the barrel and see if that helps. If that doesn't help, then we'll we'll pick the shoulder up a little bit more and then just break them off the barrel. Don't let them turn the barrel. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll break them off the first barrel, go to the second barrel, and if, if the horse is feeling like they're okay, they're going to stand up, then we'll go ahead and let it turn. If it doesn't, we'll just break them off that barrel and then go to the third barrel. Okay. And let the horse show us what it's got there. If it does the same thing, then we'll just, you know, break them off the third barrel and go right back to first again. Until they just wait for you. Yeah. 
until you wait and keep those shoulders up and, and keep the hip engaged, you know, yeah. up underneath. So. Proper body position. Yes. It's yeah. such a fine line between micro micromanaging and not letting them do their job and trying <laughs> to help fix them. Like you're just, you're dancing on a really fine line. <laughs> timing, timing, timing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, Feel. you don't want to, uh, you know, throw them out there and, and have them fail, but you sooner or later, they've got to figure it out. Yeah. In order for them to progress, that's for sure. Yeah, if, if it, I mean you're you know you're talking 15, 16, 17 second runs, there's there's not a whole lot of time to you no. know to they they've got to take some responsibility. Yeah, I love watching those ghost runs because you see like the difference mm-hmm. between the one D and like the forty, and it's like not even that big of a difference. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's crazy. So there's there's a lot of two and three D horses that could be one D horses if. if People would just take a little time and fix a couple things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Nadine, she just wanted can, to we, the... can we get into Blondie? I was going to say, Steph sure. is chomping at the bit to get into Blondie. She doesn't want to hear about training questions no more. She wants to hear about this num- multi-horse um, of the year at, with the CPRA, horse yep. with the most heart. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you're chomping at the bit to hear about her. So, let's get into Blondie. Doing a little bit of research, I read a pretty cool story, and I think Jody might have touched on it a little bit at the beginning, um, but... Justine, maybe can you tell us just a little bit of how when you and Blondie first got together and um, specifically in the barrel pen? Well, when I first started riding Blondie, I was I was actually kind of scared of her. She, uh, <laughs> she was my first real real step up horse, and she was she was a lot. And she I could tell she was a lot of horse, and at the time I I just hung on. <laughs> um, but I do remember the first time Dad told me. To take her through the pattern, we were in our indoor arena, and she curl hopped across the second barrel, and I wanted to get off, and I wanted to quit right there. <laughs> I didn't want to keep riding her anymore, but Dad made me keep riding her, and I made another run until she stopped curl hopping, and then that's when we clicked. Well, it was my fault. I was she wanted to run so bad, but I was holding her back because I was scared of her. Oh, so she she was getting mad at me that I was pulling her back because she just wanted to run. Oh, Blondie! So she, so she was, spicy. so she's been sat, she's been a little sassy in her earlier days. She was very sassy when she was young, and she still is very sassy. <laughs> oh, really? Oh my goodness! So do you have to, do you have to keep her like rode quite a bit, or what's your secret to the sassiness? She, honestly, she hates time off. She gets, she gets mad when she gets time off. So we, I just like to trot, like just lope her out as much as I can and give her something to do, give her a job. I never work her on barrels. If I have to, I will, but I can keep her off as much as I can just to let her be a horse. Yeah. So I like to take her down the road and stuff like that just to let her do her own thing. Get out still and yeah. have fun. Cool. So when you first so when you first got her, did you guys go right to barrel racing or were you using her for other stuff uh, before that? Uh, well, when I first started running her, I was still in junior high school rodeo. Okay. So I used her for poles too, and I used her for pole bending probably until my grade ten year, and she loved that too. She was she was a phenomenal pole horse. Oh, cool. So how old were you, and how old was she when you guys first started barrel racing? Um, I would have been eleven probably, and she was five. That's incredible. So at that age, did you kind of know the, like, 
what she was going to become or like like hey like i am thinking about this horse all the time she's going to be something special or were you just like just riding and like <laughs> absorbing every opportunity that you had when i first started running her i just i was just riding her i was just having fun mm-hmm. i was in junior high so i wasn't really super competitive at that point in time i was just looking at making like the nationals for junior high school rodeo and the LRA finals and WRA finals and stuff like that. Yeah. And then once she started, I realized that she was, she was too good of a horse to stay in the amateurs. I knew she could keep up with the girls in the pro. Mm -hmm. Then we moved up. It was more for her than for me. I knew she had a lot more potential than what I was allowing her to give. (sighs) Oh, well, good for you guys. So when, like, so how did you make that step as a rider from going from amateur to pro? Is there stuff that you worked on or stuff that your dad helped you with or, like, change your mental game or, yeah? It was really came down to the mental game more than anything because your riding doesn't really change from when I was an amateur to pro. I tried to ride her the same every time. Mm-hmm. So it was more just thinking of myself staying with these pro girls and, when stuff isn't going my way, that it is tough. So I need to think about that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some um, maybe things that helped your mental game and or things that you did outside of riding that helped you become the incredible rider you are today? I just tried to tell myself that <clears throat> Blondie has all the potential to be there. I just had to be there for her and she'd be there for me. So I just had to help her as much as I could. I know she'd do whatever I asked her to do. So it was more just relying on what I knew and relying on her and not getting caught up in it. So like when I was doing good, I tried not to let it get to me. So then I can just keep pushing from there. I don't want to ever get too ahead of myself. So yeah, taking one run at a time almost. Yeah, exactly. Rodeo's very, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Things can change pretty quickly. And so at what point was it that you knew that she was ready for the pros? Like you said, you knew it was, you needed to move up for her. So what made you realize that? She, uh, honestly, it was just, she was just too good. (laughs) (laughs) She was just blowing everyone out of the water. (laughs) level above those horses and I knew she she belonged to be with those pro horses and she needed to go up there so yeah she was just a level above and I knew it (laughs) yeah so we're giving Blondie a lot of praise here but I want to (laughs) hear I want to hear about her quirks so what are some quirks that Blondie has that you work through or have like dealt with in order to become a Canadian champion her big thing is she loves falling alone so um, she's also pretty picky, um, when we're traveling, sometimes she's picky on what she wants to eat, so we gotta, if she doesn't want to eat her grain one day, we gotta give it time and wait for her to want to eat it, and her, if she's in her stall, we don't like tying horses in front of her, because she just pins her ears the whole time and sits in her corner, she, she's just not a big fan of other horses, really, she's, um, she's not a, an affectionate horse. She likes to do her own thing. She doesn't like to be pet on. Mm-hmm. Very unfortunate for me because I love her. But Oh, no. 
Oh, yeah. So, just, she likes to stick to herself. So what, like, how do you know, or what does she do that you know that she doesn't like to halt with other horses? Like, she just hates them, or, or what? She, she can, she can be a little grumpy. Okay. <laughs> she just, you can tell she's not happy, and I want to make sure she's as happy as, as I can make her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I don't want to ever put her in a situation if I can avoid it. So if I don't have to haul with another horse, then perfect. Yeah. So it sounds like she's just basically all business. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she just likes <laughs> to do her job. She's not here for the cuddles. She's nope. here for the checks. <laughs> and not, yeah, <laughs> not the socializing either. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you, so, okay, how do you haul a horse like that then? Um, you do you go, go by yourself? Do you go by yourself or when you have like her and Frosty Fling, I'm not sure what his bar name is, but um, do you have like a stall in between them or how do you create that distance that, where she feels like she's kind of respected well if i do have to haul her with another horse uh, i have to make sure she sees it if she is with another horse or else that way she gets she gets pretty anxious when she knows there's another horse there but she can't see it Hmm. um when we're hauling them we always keep frosty separated from her because a sudden American can't really don't want them standing right beside each other in a trailer that just is asking for (laughs) yeah um and yeah when we haul if we do have to haul them together we keep them as like as separate as we can but still close enough that that they're there so what are you doing now to prepare for the upcoming rodeo season um did she get some time off in the winter or have you guys stayed consistent and how are you getting fit um for the season Uh, upcoming right from my last run that i made at regina um she started her break until probably the middle of January, and then I slowly started bringing her back. Like, I'd rather two days a week just long trotting and a couple circles here and there just to keep her a little bit more in shape. And now I'm starting to ride her three days a week, and I'm starting to leg her up, so I take her down the road to breathe her, to get her lungs back up, and I'm just starting to get her lungs in shape now. Oh, yeah. And then do you like to make, like a few competition runs, like how many runs would you say you like to make before the rodeo season actually gets going before the first rodeo happens? Uh, It takes her about three or four runs to get back in the groove and for me to get back to riding her properly. Yeah. uh, Get back in the groove with each other. It usually takes three or four runs and then after that she's good. Um, so what, like, does she like little pens or big pens? And how do you adjust your riding on her for those different Um, pens? (laughs) She's definitely a big outdoor pen kind of horse. She, uh, she loves to be able to stride out Mm -hmm. as much as she can. And and those little pens, she just can't get to that full potential. So she tends to shut down a little bit on me when we get to those little pens. But just when I have to step up a little bit and ride her just a little bit harder whereas in the big pens I kind of have to sit down a little more to ask her when to turn rather than push her more into her pocket so take us through this rodeo year of you winning the Canadian title on her that's so incredible and congratulations for that um so was it like was it going hot off the beginning or was it kind of like hot throughout or was there any lulls in the season and how did you get through those lulls? Uh, honestly, she was so consistent all year. I don't really 
I didn't really have a spot where I was getting down on myself. If I she would make a really nice run and then maybe the next run I would let her down a little bit, but I knew it was my fault and I I would fix myself rather than worry about her. So then the next run I just work on what I had messed up the last run and they think about that. So yeah, just take it every every run at a time pretty much and never let a bad run get get to me. So if, if I tipped my last run then I would just think to myself, I just got to ride her a little bit harder around that barrel. Mm-hmm. So when you're traveling that hard and when you're going, like maybe what are some tips that we can get from a pro going down the road? What do you have in your trailer and what do you have to keep going other than like support from your dad? I have, uh, being sponsored definitely has helped me with my tack and stuff. Being sponsored mm-hmm. by Weavers, that helps me save quite a bit of money that I can use towards the fuel and stuff like that so just finding sponsor that that can help just those little things like if it's 50 bucks that weekend just to help you get down the road a little bit mm-hmm. stuff like that or for blondie I, stuff that'll make her comfortable so like her back on track stuff and i have a cooling blanket and cooling wrap for her just everything like that make sure i have everything that she's gonna need and then i kind of second thought to her so do you want to share with us maybe some highs you had at this rodeo season and maybe a couple lows? Probably a, a low I had was at the Innisfail Rodeo. I If I went to tip that barrel, I would have ended up getting the number one back number. And I beat myself up pretty good after that run because I, I knew I caught myself that. I gave myself my five minutes of pouting and then I told myself next year, that's what we're pushing for this year. That number oh, nice. one back number? There yeah. That's that's so cool. Well, you needed something to push for for this coming season. Yes. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, like some highs. What yeah, are maybe like some highs. favorite rodeos or favorite runs that you made last season? Yeah. Um, I don't really have a favorite run, really. She, she's just so consistent that every run on her is just, it's always a fun run. Like she's always, always putting in a hundred percent effort. So every, every run really. Mm-hmm. I never want to let that get to myself either if I am in a high like if I am doing really good that season I don't want to keep thinking to myself oh I'm safe like Blondie's working good I'm riding good because the next run I can just start getting too full of myself and tip a barrel Mm -hmm. so take us to the CFR a little bit did you um did you change up your training pre-CFR? Did you do anything special, um, you know, just therapy-wise for yourself or for Blondie going into that week or during that week, you know, since you guys were going to be making so many runs in a row? Um, for Blondie, I got the – I made sure she um, was feeling good, so I got the chiropractor out and stuff like that. Um, just made sure her, her health-wise was good. And then for me, I just – I just relaxed as much as I could leading up to that week and didn't get too worried about it and don't think about it too much. So that's when you start overthinking and then that's mm-hmm. when stuff can kind of start hitting the fan. So Jody, tell us what it's like to have your daughter run at the CFR and be along her side the whole rodeo season. Cause I'm sure as a parent, there is so much going through your mind oh, and you're tears so streaming down my face. <laughs> yes. And you're probably so proud of her, which is so incredible. It's, it's been a, well, the whole, you know, right from when we started rodeoing with her and it's just been a progression, you know, it's been so fun just to see the, you know, every, you know, go from 
you know, little amateur rodeos to bigger amateur rodeos to, you know, the, she went down to the high school national finals twice on bonding, you know, just seeing the progression and both of them just get better and better and, and just, you know, not big leaps. It just kept growing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and rodeoing together has been a blast. You know, we've made a lot of miles and all over the country. It's been a lot of fun. And there is definitely some, some low spots, you know, and when you hit a, or, you know, happen to hit a barrel and, uh, you know, it costs, you know, probably, you know, placing a little bit higher up in the standings sometimes, but, you know, then going right back and having, you know, a super good run. So, um, it's just one of the big, you know, one of our most favorite ones was probably Wainwright Rodeo a couple of years ago Yeah. when she, you know, made the top four and then ended up winning it, um, was incredible. Yeah. That's cool. That's uh, she so ran, cool. you know, some, well, Haley Kimsel was there and, you know, running against, there's three Americans and Justine were in the top four. So that yeah. was pretty cool. That yeah. would be amazing. Keeping Canada proud. I have chills <laughs> just here in yeah, that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. The CFR this year was, was really fun because it, it went down to the last day. And uh, Lynette, it was basically between Justine and Lynette. And uh, Lynette had, unfortunately, she kept a barrel on the last run. And so when Justine rounded the third barrel clean, we knew she'd won Canada. So uh, yeah, that was a pretty big high. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. so it, oh, as a parent, I, like, of course, Justine, like you must feel like that would, it must've been the most amazing feeling, but as a parent, seeing your kid succeed, like I know when I, like, I, I can't even imagine that feeling. I'm a loss for words, but that must be incredible. Were you down in the alleyway with her? Like, yeah, we're, I'm pretty well down in the alleyway every run with her, just make sure everything is, you know, they're both feeling kind of relaxed and, yeah. and ready to go. So, oh, yeah, that's was, so cool. What are some words amazing. of advice you gave her at the CFR? Um, just to not worry about it. You know, yeah. just don't worry about what everybody else is doing and and just make nice runs and, and just be consistent and have fun. You know, that's the big mm-hmm. thing. Is yeah. enjoy, enjoy the trip. Yeah. You know. yeah. yeah. Not a lot of people get to, to make that trip. So, you, you know, just sit back and enjoy it and, and make the best out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. So tell us the feeling of being a Canadian champion, Justine. Well, um, it didn't hit me, honestly, until a couple months after. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for a while, it was just kind of, I don't know, it was just something that I dreamed of for so long that it didn't feel real for just so still, long. Just still felt like a dream. <laughs> it did, honestly like a dream for so long that it's just still looking when I walk in my living or my kitchen I'll see my saddle sitting there and I'll think wow I, that's pretty crazy that's sitting in my kitchen right now <laughs> yeah yeah so what are some goals that you have for 2022 and going into the future uh this year it's just gonna be trying to make CFR again just pushing for that and getting into as many rodeos as I can and pretty much the same for the future and getting some more forces out on the rodeo trail too so I'm not just running Blondie I'll be running Frosty a little bit this year and then hopefully in the future our the ones I'll be maturity next year I'll move up into those ranks eventually and just continue on with that. So just a quick question kind of like since we're talking about rodeo when you are rodeoing Blondie hard on the weekends and like maybe like the third the Thursday or Friday, what do you do with her during the week to keep her sharp, but also not overworking her so she gets sore? 
Um, it depends on how hard I worked her that weekend. If I had like three rodeos that weekend, three or four, I'll usually give her the couple days off and maybe only ride her once that week. And when I do ride her, it'll just be a long trot or a nice easy lope just so she's not sitting around all the time. So Mm -hmm. she is getting some exercise still, but I don't ever want to, I don't want her to be tired during the week. That's her recovery time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think like once a horse is in shape, you know, you probably, you can, you know, when you're making runs on the weekend, you can, you can maintain them a little easier by, you know, you can make your runs on the weekend, light work during the week. And once you're actually, Mm -hmm. you've attained that shape, you should be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So what about Um, uh, Frosty Fling then? Like, are you guys, if he isn't, like, is he fully finished? And if he is, are you guys doing some drills with him during the week, like compared to Blondie? Or if he isn't fully finished, are you guys doing the jackpots or rodeos on the weekend and then maybe a few drills during the week with him as well? Um, he is still, he's only seven this year, so I wouldn't say he's completely finished. He still has some learning to do, obviously. He, he doesn't know the rodeo atmosphere, the rodeo ground. That's way different than jackpot ground. So, um... I think just getting him out as much as he can is what's going to make him a finished horse. But at this point, he knows what he's doing, and it's definitely he's solid, but he's not at a blondie level yet. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys, so do you, um, do you like st- stand him as well or, or run him uh, through the breeding season, or is that a little difficult and there's kind of a, some time off there with the stallion? Yeah, we'll probably give him from, we'll start breeding probably the middle of May with him. Yeah. And then finish, we're trying to get finished up the end of June. So um, depending on how many mares we have in, you know, we're collecting them, we kind of gauge that. We might take him out and, you know, run him at a small rodeo somewhere. But we like to kind of keep his mind on breeding and then on rodeo just because it's um, breeding season, it's uh, pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, keep those seasons separate. Yeah. Yeah, we try to, so, you know, we're not having to pick on him too much, you know, and to make him, you know, my, like keep his manners. He's well-mannered, but, you know, if we can just kind of let him be a breeding horse, then we'll let him be a breeding horse. And then when he comes rodeo time, he's just a rodeo horse. Yeah, yeah that seems simpler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some things that you guys have learned or struggled with running a stud? Because it's a lot different than just taking your average horse down and tying him up wherever you want and then hopping on and going. So maybe some uh, tips or things that you've learned when doing that. Um, well, probably a stud, you know, in rodeo is picking on where you park at. Um, obviously, we can't put him in pants. So we have to make sure we have a place where we can put him in the stall somewhere safe that he doesn't cause any trouble and doesn't get himself into trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just, you know, keep him by himself so he, you know, and away from other horses as much as possible. So he's, he's not worried about what other horses are doing. He's focused on his game. And, and it's a mental thing with, with the stud. You know, they have to learn that when they're on the rodeo trail, it, that they're there to work. And when they're at home, they're there to, to relax at home. And they can be a stud. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just managing their mind, you know, and... But they really, really listen to the person that's handling them. Even when you're riding and warming them up, with independence, just make sure and make sure other people are aware that you know you're you are riding a stallion. Don't come over and just park a 
better than he beside you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people knowing yeah. like they're re- like respecting other people, but hoping they also respect you as well. Yeah. Yeah. We try to make sure that we're not, you know, we never get in a situation with him when we have an rodeo that, that, you know, that he's going to get in, himself into trouble. So we really are careful with him. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Just being responsible owners. And so it sheds the best light on that, on him as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys raise him? No, he was, he's a customer horse. Okay. Um, and he was bought at Fulton Sale as a yearling. Okay. In South Dakota. So he came right from the sale right to us, and he's been here ever since. So, okay. But the people at the ranch, uh, they've been customers of ours for probably the last 10 years, and uh, they've been just incredible customers. They kind of give us the free reign with him, where we want to go with him, what we want to do with him, and, and uh, you know, the we look after the breeding end of it and uh, they, yeah, they kind of just stand behind us and, and let us get him out there as much as we can. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome for everyone. Yeah. Is, yeah. is he a tall, is he a taller horse? He's 15 one. So he's, one. He's, he's not as tall as he looks. He's, he's pretty leggy. So he looks taller. Yeah. Yeah. I would, but, I would have thought he was tall. For yeah. Videos and stuff. Really not as tall as what he, he appears to. That's for sure. And mm-hmm. he is so crazy athletic. Like, oh, I, his just like, like the way he strides out yeah. and moves around the barrel. Like his stride is and incredible. You have to be like, I feel like you have to be probably real center in your in your saddle there because he has like the moves. Yeah, he's very very turny. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think I I was in Pinoca uh, this winter and I saw Jody. Actually, you ran him, and he is so cool. And he just like he is so fast and so catty. Yeah, he and he's fun to run because he just um, he just loves what he does, you know. Yeah, that's and cool. he he's a lot of horse, but he he's got a nice easy stride. Like he he doesn't throw you around a lot. He's not hard on your body. He's just um, you just have to keep up with him. That's the the thing. He he is really when he leaves the barrels, he's really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, how um, are lots of his babies? Do they come out color with color? Yeah, does he throw color? He's 99% buckskin. Ooh, that's a pretty nice rate. You <laughs> hear that, Stevie? 99% buckskin. <laughs> yeah, I nice. think he's got one chestnut bolt from two years ago, and that's, I think, about it. Mm. I think the rest are all different shades of buckskin, but they're yeah. all buckskin. That's cool. And he's, oh, good he's actually registered buckskin roan, so you get that little roan tint in there. Okay, pretty, nice. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a cool color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like yeah. him. Yeah, very unique. Mm-hmm. So riding a stud, that's a whole nother level of pressure because people are watching you. They want to see how he's going to do because, you know, maybe they want to read to him. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're on the fence. So how I know both of you guys run him. So how do you guys deal with the pressure of running a stallion? Well, it, it is a lot of pressure because you represent the horse and the owner. Yes. And they've, they've got a lot invested in you and the horse. So um, we just make sure that our homework is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, do everything at home that we keep him healthy, um, keep him looking good, keep him well behaved. That's the big thing. Cause nobody likes an ill mannered stud, no. you know, out in, in the pen. Cause it's just dangerous and it looks bad on the horse. Yeah. You know, and fortunately he is a very nice minded horse. So it makes it a little bit easier for us. Um, um, but we just do our homework. That's the big thing. Yeah. And, you know, if, if he's having a bad day, you know what, 
and not get after and just say, okay, this is just studs. They're thinkers, right? Like they're they're always their mind is always going. So if they have a bad day, just try to ride them through the pattern the best you can and make them look the best you can and and know that some days aren't going to be as good as others, but just deal with it, you know, and go back the next day, go back home and fix a couple things and and then make them look better the next time. Yeah. Yeah. And having good clients too, if you're going to take on a, yes. a stallion prospect like that, probably makes a world of a difference. To yeah, you. communication is a big thing with a you know with a client with a horse like that is, you know, make sure that they're aware of of everything that's going on with him and where we're going with him, and uh, if we have any issues, you know, approach them first. Yeah, yeah. So they there's no surprise that they, you know, they're they're on the same page as we are. Um. So I guess like you guys, you do quite a few different things there with horses as a business. It sounds like you, you train horses, you guys rodeo, you have an arena, um, like stallion services a little bit as well. Do you guys board and, and you know, what would you say to people who are thinking about pursuing horses as a, as a business or maybe a boarding facility or arena as a business? Maybe Steph wants to be a boarding facility in an arena. Maybe. We're yeah, we board horses here too. <clears throat> um, it's really get a business plan written and place it. Probably the best thing is even if you're just thinking of boarding some horses, is, is to go work with somebody for a while and realize all that's involved in boarding because horses are people. You know, it's not like you know parking a, an RV park, right? Like horses mm-hmm. are they love their horses, right? And so you really got to make sure that you understand the communication with with boarders or tra- and training horses. Yeah. Um, it seems but, like everyone really wants communication and updates and videos and all that, yeah. all that stuff these days, especially with, Oh yeah. yeah. Technology. You got to kind of manage it because, um, if you got a lot of horses in training and people say, well, you know, they want to talk about their horse. They got to realize that their horse is one of 20 or one of 10 mm-hmm. that you have to get. Through that day, yeah. Right. You got to make sure that you're, good with customers that they understand that, you know, if, if they're going to talk to you on the phone for an hour, that's time that they're taking away from somebody else's training horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Have boundaries. You've got to really be um, up front with people and say, okay, this, this is our job, you know, uh, training horses. We we have X amount of hours in the day. We've got to get these horses trained in, in those many hours. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. You've got to be really, um, you know, talk to your clients to understand, okay, we're training your horse. You know, we, we may not be able to talk to you every day about how your horse is doing, but we'll darn sure keep you updated, you know. Yeah, yeah. And have really good vet. That's the main thing. You know, um, have a good vet on board with you. So if something does happen to your horse, you can get a hold of that vet. They come out, and then you can talk to the client. If something, you know, if they haven't hurt their leg, put the leg through a fence or something, you know, who knows what horse is, right? Exactly. Yeah, who knows? So- yeah. Speaking of putting a leg through a fence, what do you guys do for fencing? And what do you think is like the best and safest way to have your horse contained in an area that they want to sometimes run out of? <laughs> it's tough with horses other than a, a rubber room. Yeah, seriously. Um, they all need like straight jackets. We, we have a little bit of like rail fencing, wood fencing. Um, we're trying to get away from wood fencing as much as we can um, just because horses chew it so bad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, metal pipe is good um, until a horse kicks it. I was going to say, it's ring. Tough. that can cause ring bone even, hey? Yeah, you got to be careful. So a lot of our, our paddocks are uh, wire mesh that, that the horse, horse fed 
specially designed uh, with the with the size of the squares. They're designed for horses. This lower on the fence is smaller, and then it gets bigger as it goes up. So, oh yes, I've seen that. Uh, I can't get their hooves oh, through the yeah. through mm-hmm. the mesh. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably the safest way. It's called a horse safe fence. So that's what most of our paddocks are built like that. Nice. Okay. Yeah, but even so, you know, you, you do the best you can, and, and you just you just don't know horses, right? Because if you happen to put a horse across the fence from one that they don't like, they'll they'll still kick at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. It, horses will gotta, find anything when they're turned out. It's in God's hands. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of twenty four hours a day. You're just worrying about what are they going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. even Megan's horse, her the leg was all swollen and she's like what's going on she found an elastic band around like hoof, it, yeah. yeah between the fetlock and its hoof and she wow. it was so tight she doesn't know how i still think that's a it. true crime <laughs> investigation <laughs> so someone did it, it it was probably like because it was the size of one that she would put on her stirrup for a barrel run so it probably came off her saddle but flew but how even did it get yeah, how does he get his it ho- needs how does he thumbs get his to get on you guys there's more to this <laughs> yeah just, they just figure it out yeah on Sunday, yeah, I came like home to a horse with a huge gash on its yeah. side, had to have an emergency call out to the vet. And I still can't figure out how this horse did it because the only obstacle in its pen is a shed and those PVC, a PVC bale feeder. But I'm wondering if she laid down in the hay, rolled, got caught in the PVC bale feeder and like the bolts are flush on the outside. But on the inside, you can like there's a little the bolt sticks out a little bit. That's the only thing I can think of, but I can't find any evidence anywhere. No. Yeah, if they can get hurt, they will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the more it's almost like the more you try to prevent it, the the more more it's going to happen. Like I had Zeus; he was like a a horse that was bucked on the bucking string that I put on barrels because I I liked I thought he was a cool leopard Appaloosa, and he actually was a cool barrel horse. But um, he was in like the ricketiest barbed wire fencing his whole life. Like that was it was live or die out there on the back 40 and then as soon as we bring him to natalie's that has the most beautiful boarding pens with nothing he hurt himself with he like sliced his leg right open and the whole thing was swollen <laughs> it's like is this place too nice for you i'm sorry <laughs> yeah no it's, it's kind of like they, they've kind of got to figure things out a little bit on their own it seems like you know just how to stay out of trouble yeah yeah yeah, yeah. with the horse and that's you know probably one thing advice i give to anybody getting into businesses it's not a hobby it's, it's your job mm-hmm. you know exactly. sure that we're pretty efficient on what we do and we really have a a game plan to get through our day as, as good as we can as fast as we can and, and get all the horses work that we need to get work that day so it has to be really really treated as a business yeah yeah and, do you and have... it's oh, sorry. business up the time frame you know that yeah time is money yeah. paying yourself accordingly yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got to make sure it's paid because, you know, and it's tough now because everything is going up. The feed is going up, mm-hmm. uh, hauling is going up. So yes. you just got to be really, uh, talk to your customers and make sure that they understand, you know, you're not going to do this and go broke at it. You got to make a living. And mm-hmm. and some of them understand it, some of them don't, you know. Yeah. 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 And so do you find, um, like what contributes to success in, in horse business is having, you know, multiple streams of revenue and areas that you offer services in, or, um, do you find that you kind of have honed in on a couple things, 
um, that make your place go round? We try to keep it pretty, like, um, not a whole lot of things going on. Like, we board a few horses, and training is our big thing. Um, and then we, we sell quite a few horses, too, that um, either people that have been training that want to sell them or, uh, you know, our own horses once we've kind of developed them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So we, we try to keep probably three or four different uh, areas of income in the horse business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for Very sharing. Very cool. Well, it is so cool to see you guys both in the stands together. I feel like you guys both ride and you're both supporting each other. I feel like my dad still compares my horses to hockey players. Like he thinks that Corley's like Dave Saminko and I'm like, well, he's a fighter, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't even make sense. But no, it's it's really cool that you guys both must just be so proud of each, of each other. And I love seeing that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, definitely. It's, uh, it's a good way to go through life, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bye, yeah, podcast. no, this has been a really fun podcast, you guys. And to make it even funner, <laughs> Nadine's favorite question. My favorite question. So we love hearing. We like we have heard all about the stuff you guys have going on, but we want to hear something a little embarrassing because it happens to all of us. So we love the funny or embarrassing stories just to kind of wrap up the end of our show. So do you guys have anything that happened to you, maybe together or separate, going down the rodeo road? Um, mine's not when I was rodeoing, it's when I was doing horse shows, but I was... Horse-related That's perfect. Horse-related is perfect. (laughs) Um, it was a little jump-off we did with, uh, one person was running and jumping and the other person was on a horse jumping, and I happened to be the one running, and I was very little at the time, and I tried to jump over the jump, and my foot got caught, and I face planted. Oh, right no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's okay. Like, I, I used to ride English, too, when we grew up, and it, wasn't, it wouldn't even have to be a horse show. We would just, like, all run around on our hands and knees and, like, jump over poles and stuff, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, even more embarrassing. That is the most embarrassing. We had stick horses that we would jump with. <laughs> we would play on the trampolines, my perfect little pony. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we all got I guess at a horse show, though, there's more people watching. So yeah. that really adds that. That's I, I get caught still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and what about you, Jody? Well, probably, I guess the one thing that sticks in my mind is the most fun thing was uh, we were at Wainwright, well, two, two years ago. Yeah. Um, at the, at the the short go and um, the ground they had a lot of rain that year and they, they started off with Wainwright starts off with trail racing okay. and in the short go I think with the first two or three horses slipped and one of them fell uh, Cheyenne Wimbley's horse I think fell yeah. so then they stopped the trail racing and they were going to run it at the end of the rodeo once the bull riding was done they were going to come in and then work up the ground and try to make it you know safe for everybody so they come in after the rodeo, work up the ground, and then they wanted um, to somebody to make a run, but everybody was on the barrel horses, right? <laughs> um, and I happened to be standing by the alleyway, and Tammy Fisher said, "Well, I've got a horse," and Brady House says, "Well, Jody, you get on and make the first run." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and like in just a pair of runners, I didn't have my boots on, right? And went first. <laughs> oh my! So Tammy went and got her horse. I'd never been on this horse in my life, but and I didn't even know which way it ran, whether it ran right or left or whatever. Oh, no. So they, 
I hopped on the horse, trotted around a couple times, and she said it runs right. So I went in and and made a run on it just to test the ground out. Oh my goodness! How did it yeah, go? Wanda was watching it on the on the TV, and and she got hold of us after. You know, and said that well, it looked like you going in and make that run. Said, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty interesting. That was a lot of fun. Oh my yeah, gosh! That so that part was even on TV. That's you're hilarious. brave. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, well, I didn't have a whole lot to. We kind of got. Yeah, Radiant kind of volunteered me. So you took you took one for the team there. Yeah, that is an yeah. all-time barrel racer, I mean, Dad. Wow, I could, I could see it on a horse that you know, you know, I feel yeah. like a little more confident. But on a on a jump jocking, also, yeah. wow, that yeah. I and I'd never seen this horse at Tammy's run. Like she warmed it up and messed around with it a bit that day, but I'd never seen the horse run before, and I didn't have a clue. And <laughs> on in one of her saddles, which is a saddle I'm not used to riding in. It's one of the no tree saddles. So, oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, wasn't used to riding in one of those at all. <laughs> uh, oh, it was man. interesting. It was a lot of fun. Oh, cool! There you go. I love that <laughs> yeah. story. That's awesome. I like how I did it in those, runners. Those were epic <laughs> stories. Those are good. Um. Well, now before we wrap up, do you want to just let our listeners know where they can find you on social media, and then um, if there's any sponsors you'd like to thank? Well, we're both on Facebook yeah. and Instagram, and Justine is on. Perfect. And my sponsors are Weaver Leather and Synergy by Weaver, and then as well uh, Lucky Star Ranch, which is Cody and Kayla Walbeck. And our our vet, um, Jessica Romanow, she looks after Blondie for us, so. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll see if you guys remembered, but we'll let you take us out of this <laughs> podcast. Oh. <laughs> I think it was be rich or ride hard trying. <laughs> close. Oh, kind of awesome. close. A little long, but it's fine. <laughs> Pretty much the idea of it. You heard it from your from our Canadian champion this year, be rich or ride hard trying. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the Horse Poor Podcast. Thanks for Thanks having, having us.